Hello, welcome to Unbiased with me, Darshi Harindra. I help organizations rethink how they use data and new technologies in a compliant, unbiased, and inclusive way. I'm on a mission to rehumanize technology so that we can max out on all the potential benefits it brings whilst keeping people very much at the center of its oversight and success. Now, this podcast is very much centered on the human side of the equity and inclusion equation. Through guests sharing their stories of how bias has affected and continues to affect their day-to-day lives, we can get a glimpse into the beautifully complex fabric interwoven into our communities. And we can learn about some of their work in trying to address or combat the ill effects of some of those biases. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Hawanatu Bangura. Hawanatu is an award-winning filmmaker and social worker who specializes in mental health. She is the founder of Mahawa Creative, a storytelling agency that crafts socially impactful videos for organizations that want to tell compelling stories. As a mental health clinician, she is passionate about helping people enhance their well-being and self-worth. As part of her social enterprise, Hawanatu runs Rejuvenate, a workplace well-being program supporting employees to be more connected to themselves, their work, and feel a greater sense of belonging that leads to higher productivity and performance. She also facilitates the Inner Essence program for women and teenagers using creative self-expression activities, storytelling, and powerful self-care tools in a safe environment, enabling them to connect authentically with who they are. Hawanatu, welcome to the Unbiased podcast. I'm delighted to share the mic with you today. Thank you so much for that intro and thanks for having me, Dashi. I'm delighted to be here. Hawanatu, I've got to say that you always exude such a calm, beautiful energy that I imagine just stepping into any room, your audience know that they're going to leave with a greater sense of well-being than when they started in terms of your well-being programs. Um, and your bio just shows that creativity flows through your entire being. So has this always been your inner essence? Um, how an artist start from the beginning and tell us your origin story. Yeah, so for me, creativity really started when I was uh, a child back in Sierra Leone in West Africa. I, I was surrounded, you know, by creativity and people were very innovative and the environments just helped me to flourish in that way. And I remember, you know, there was a lot of opportunities for me to play outdoors with the neighborhood kids and we would, you know, imagine things and create things in terms of like our conversations that we have or whether we're playing with our dolls and um, and creating all the stories around, you know, what's going on and cooking and playing with dirt. So it was, that environment was just amazing. And I also remember I spent quite a lot of time alone as well. I was the youngest one in my household. And um, during that time, you know, I would use whatever recycling materials we have, cardboard, so whatever it is, and I will create cards, greeting cards for people, you know, um, and give it to them. And then when I, I remember when I um, came to Australia in 2002, you know, settling in Australia, 
was a bit of a challenge, but what really helped in us, um, you know, adjusting to the lifestyle here was actually using creativity as well. So we, uh, my family and the small community that we developed in the inner west, our Sierra Leonean community, we ended up um, putting together a performance group. Um, so of young people and also people, um, middle-aged women around my mom's age. So we would do dancing, we would do plays as well because we had the opportunity through community organizations to do community plays. So I was acting, I was dancing. And then during the school holidays back in high school, we would, um, we would actually just um, be part of um, creative programs. So like writing songs and recording them or making jewelries. So I felt like that the environment here as well that was created for us also helped me to flourish creatively. So it's always been, you know, part of my DNA to just be creative. But um, in saying that in terms of my story, that got lost along the way. Like, you know, after high school and, um, and I was doing some filmmaking, which was really creative and it was all beautiful in terms of storytelling. But the other aspects as well in terms of movement, performing, arts and craft, those were sort of missing in terms of the play, you know, as an adult, you know, trying to be more serious and all that. So for me, I think I'll probably stop there, but that's where it's... <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Hawanatu. It's lovely to see someone try and maintain those childlike qualities for as long as possible. I think it's sometimes interesting to see at what stages in life that those qualities start to, to dwindle and then we sort of get layers of uh, environment and circumstance and just having to, to adult in certain ways that just continue to serve and to eliminate some or bury some of those creative qualities and what I like in particular is that your creativity seems to be so linked to childhood and play which is really interesting in, in comparison to say well someone that could come here and say that they went on to study filmmaking and and take this whole sort of adult lens uh, uh, onto it I think the ability to retain the whole life experience that you've had to date and bring that through in the way that you present yourself and the things that you create is really interesting concept uh and and well what so what brought you to australia and you were did you say you were in high school when you came over um yeah so when i came here i i started year eight so the reason why i came to australia was due to a civil war in Sierra Leone, there was a 10-year civil war. At the end of the war was when we, in 2002, was when my family came to Australia. So we came as refugees at the time. And um, yeah, and, and there were, that's a whole other story, but um, it was a great opportunity to come to Australia. But there were challenges as well that we had to overcome. And through the community that we created, um, that really helped, like what I mentioned in terms of the performances, that helped me to feel a sense of be belonging and included in Australia and also contribute to the 
to the society as well in terms of showcasing my culture and our traditions as well. Yeah. And then take us through how the, the mental health uh, elements came into your life and then your work, because your a lot of the, the work that you do now in the creative space has its rooting in wellness and addressing mental health. And you have also serve as a mental health clinician under another hat. So can you help join the dots into the offerings that you now bring all together today? Yeah, so in terms of mental health, I, that didn't actually exist when I was in Sierra Leone and even when I came here. I think not until I went to uni and studied social work, that's when I realized such a thing existed. Mental illness, mental health, we've got that. As well as we've got our physical health, there's our mental health as well. So when I, and then I, I remembered in particular one of my placements that I did, my first placement, Okay, so I'm trying to support other people, but I had had my own baggage. (laughs) You know, coming from a civil war, I actually had post-traumatic stress disorder, which I didn't recognize at the time it was until I started my placement and started working with people from refugee background, hearing their stories. And I had to take a pause on my placements. I withdrew, which was quite a challenge at the time because that means I had to repeat it again but what happened was that my uni was really amazing, UNSW, University of New South Wales. They actually put me through um, counseling support through the uni. And that's when, you know, I unpacked all the traumas that I've had through the war. And, you know, we used um, cognitive behavioral therapy, talking about it, and, you know, and just having that space to actually reflect on what has happened, you know, something horrific that has gone on that is so buried. And, you know, we try to move in and act normal when I came to Australia, when we settled here. So that made me become really aware that there's a lot of people suffering from, you know, mental illnesses that we, we're not even aware of. And I also, that's when they identify that I've got um, anxiety as well. And I thought, ooh. Why? Okay, so all the worries that I've been having, the anxiousness and things, and partly why I had to retreat from that placement because I was having panic attacks. And um, so all of this was, you know, for me, experiencing that really helped me to focus on my, my mental health because I thought without my physical and my mental health, I won't be able to do anything. And then, I, you know, after uni, I went on to work for quite a while. And then the mental health thing keeps coming up even in my workplaces with the stresses and feeling overwhelmed. And um, and I thought this is not how I wanted to live my life. So even physically, I was, you know, getting certain kind of conditions that I thought, oh, what was this due to? It's actually, I could link it back to it being due to burnout, you know, I mean, just stretching myself too much. And that's when I made a decision that, you know, I'm going to look after myself first. That's a priority. And then everything else will take place. You know, even my ambition and everything to just keep going at a fast pace. I'm like, no, 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 that has to stop right now. So once I started seeing the benefits of self-care, just introducing you know, different routines into my lifestyle, 
I thought, you know, this is actually important also for other people as well. And I can tell you a bit more about, you know, how I went into, you know, offering, you know, the wellness and uh, part as well. <laughs> yes, how an arty youth, you've joined the dots. You have, you've created that, that image now of just seeing how more of your life experience has gone in to complement some of your um, education. Um, and I know then that you've taken that on to, to work as a mental health professional. Um, so yeah, I would really like to know a bit more about, about your programs. I'd really like you to share them um, with us and with the listeners. Really just to talk us through how you use these complementary skills to put them into a package to affect change and what you are looking to help people with when you deliver those programs and who are your ideal participants in those programs it, it would be great to hear a bit about each of your offerings and how they could help people because I'm not sure uh, how many people know that all this could be available even in a corporate organization yes yeah so I will from where I started off from um, so it actually the parts where I decided to run a workshop because I was mainly focusing on, you know, my social work job and filmmaking. And there was one particular film project that I worked on called I Am Black and Beautiful, which was about the um, black women from the African diaspora sharing their experiences of growing up black you know, partly the things that made them feel excluded and not feel like they belonged in this Australian society as well and how the media um, impact on that and they also didn't fit the ideal beauty standards. So when I, through the process of making that film and gathering the stories of these people, they were sharing the, um, you know, after sharing their stories with me and the other people in the group, they felt like it was a sense of healing for them. And it got things off their chest, things that they haven't spoken about since they were very young. And I thought to myself, after making that film and traveling with kids, you know, in North America and also showing it here in Australia, I realized that there needs to be more conversations created around certain kind of issues or things that are unspoken of that people don't usually have conversations about. And I thought mental health, you know, has to do with that as well in terms of, you know, anything to do with healing, it's connected to our mental health. And that's when I thought of inner essence it was basically providing um, storytelling, creativity, and self-care tools for women. That was my initial focus. And it was around addressing self-care issues such as anxiety, stress, overwhelm. And um, that was just before COVID happened. And I remember whenever we talked about mental health, you know, especially the business, you know, advisor would say, oh, that wouldn't attract people. That was not such a thing. This was 2019. <laughs> Who would have predicted COVID happened? And then, because I was going to reprogram, I was going to 
retitle my program to something else not related to mental health, just creativity. And then now I thought this is the reason. COVID has happened. Everyone's talking about mental health. I don't know if I predicted it or whatever, but this is what the focus is. So when I, so I started running those workshops, um, especially for not-for-profit organizations that have clients that are women, you know, to come together, you know, to have conversations around their mental health, but not conversations that will be confronting, you know. So that's why we use creativity to really, be, when they express themselves creatively and have a conversations around that, it's just very organic, you know. And the fact that they get to connect to who they are and also to others and they don't feel alone in terms of their struggles. So it could be, you know, women from migrant background who are talking about issues to do with identity, issues to do with work, place-related um, things as well, but they're all, you know, talking about it and understanding each other without being charged. So that was the one aspect of Inner Essence. And then my dream was to also offer something to um, teenage girls as well. And that's when, you know, I created the self-expression one around self-image and using creativity as well. So that's um, when with, with teenagers, you know, we address in the sensitive issues around self-esteem, but it could be through dance, through creating something that's a collage that is projecting whatever their views of the beauty standard is. And let's have a conversation around that. For example, what is their values? How do they connect to those? So that was with, um, in essence, creative expression for young people, teenage girls. And um, through the workshops that I ran for women in particular, it came up that they had all this, when they're talking about their mental health and self-care, the workplace came up a lot. It was predominantly, or, you know, my work was like this, I'm exhausted from it, this is happening. And listening to that, I thought, okay, there's an opportunity for us to also work with workplaces, offer service to workplaces. And that's when I, myself and my business partner in terms of place program, Demetrius, we um, decided to um, provide rejuvenate. So as you mentioned, Rejuvenates is focusing on the well-being of employees. And, um, you know, we also use the three pillars of creativity, self-care, and storytelling. This is really for them to, especially for people in the workplaces, because of COVID, because they've been working from home, that's this connection to themselves and to each other exists so much. And when we create the safe environment for them, they're able to have conversations around the challenges and understand what each other are going through as well. And also using creativity to help them to address that, to, to address ways to solve those issues that they're going through and creating well-being tools that are long-term for them as well. Because as a team, once you have these tools in place, you can regularly use them, whether it's weekly, your check-ins, 
and all these things. So we, tr- we really design a program that is long-term and uh, which rejuvenates well-being program. We offer it in different packages. So it can be a one-hour lunchtime workshop. It can be half a day. It can be a full day. It can also be a, um, an ongoing um, well-being program as well where, you know, we have these things in place, but we do regular check-ins as well with the organization in terms of how they're going and diagnosing what exactly is happening, pinpointing that and addressing uh, addressing it through our program, creating something that is tailored for them. So that is, um, I don't know if that's a nutshell, but <laughs> those are the three programs that I yeah, offer. Yeah, and that's a great evolution and, and interesting to see it sort of span from school age to then keeping on adapting for uh, different audiences and that real, I think it, even just in the in the business and startup space, that ability to kind of keep listening to your audiences and taking on that feedback and developing new ways to help more and more people um, because particularly in that post-pandemic world where we're all trying to find ways of maintaining connection, well-being uh, and productivity in an environment that we're still kind of trying to get to grips with how it, how it all works. And presumably the benefit of these of a program like Rejuvenate is that it alters the way in which someone, and a, a staff member is able to show up in their work as well um, as getting that, that, that element of self-care in their daily routine, perhaps. And that kind of ties in or that goes into that, you know, that belonging piece seems to be very important to all of your programs. And it's kind of been that that theme of what you're trying what you're trying to achieve through it and the benefits that you got through your create, creative exploits as a young person was that sense of belonging. And I feel that that translates a lot into workplaces, um, into the discussion around authenticity and being able to bring your whole whole self to work. I've always been someone that really believes in the fact that we should be able to bring our whole self to work. But what that that seems to mean very different things to different people and at different stages of leadership where it's like, well, obviously, bring your whole self to work, but, but only to the extent that it somehow applies to work or that it's it's still got you've still got to create this professional persona and you can bring all of that persona and there can be a lot of discomfort into the degree to which we should really be bringing our whole selves to work and your program seems to be really keyed in to going quite deep and quite personal and creating a safe space in order to do that so where do you stand on on how much of ourselves we should really be bringing to work, Hamanati. <laughs> oh, I just laugh because that is, you know, that's the debate, isn't it? I personally feel like, you know, authenticity is the key and that's one of my core values. So for me, bringing myself to work is bringing this person to work. And I have seen, because I've been in different workplaces, one where I haven't brought my full self to the place. It doesn't mean that, you know, you are not professional and, you know, all these sort of things that people fear in terms of bringing your full self to work will not be part of that. You know, it will be part of that. But it's just that, 
you're authentic, you're transparent, you know, you're, you are, um, in terms of your, your communication, you have clarity around, you know, what you, what you're doing as well. Because when I was at a place where I did not bring my full self to work, I was literally, I find myself just on autopilot. It's like, okay, they just want me to do this, this and this and this is what I'm doing. But myself as a person, I don't feel like I'm involved as much. And that can actually lead to mental health concerns as well. But when I was at a workplace where I bring my full self to work and I see everyone else is bringing their full self to work and they flourish, in terms of the conversations that we have, you know, it's not... It's really checking in, you know, and sometimes we get confronted by emotions or when people uh, are really raw about that. And that's what we, like you say, that's what I create in this environment. It's like really keep it safe so that we bring our emotions and our thoughts and we're just hearing each other. Because when we listen to each other with empathy, it just, we're all you know, without projecting judgment or stigmatizing each other, there's so much compassion there. That create greater connection that is like, you know, even when we run the workshops, like people hear about things that are happening for other people in terms of work. And sometimes maybe people bring something a bit more personal, which is also related to their work as well. And when they share that, you know, there's... It resonates with other people. It helps them to also open up as well. And maybe that's the first time they have to do that. And if we, you know, continue in that environment rather than putting on a, fa- a facade that, well, yeah, we're okay. We're just here doing this. We're just doing our work like computers or robots. You know, it doesn't work like that anymore. You know, we, we really just, I 100% believe in the fact that we have to bring our authentic self to work. We can still be professional. We can still be, you know, we can be very compassionate. And what we can do is just listen to each other. And that's what makes us human. We're human beings. We're not human doings, you know, I like that saying. Yeah. Well, I have two sort of final questions around this. One is more personal and one is maybe a, a, a tip for the rest of us. But on the more personal level, for you personally, Hawanatu, what has been the greatest benefit to your own health and growth journey from living each day in the creative way that you do and prioritizing self-care? Yeah, so for me personally, because my the reason why I started this program was because of personal issues. So come down back to you know, like you say, I do have to make a conscious living of, you know, um, bringing in self-care, wellness, creativity to my life. And running these workshops are a constant reminder for me to be on track. And sometimes, you know, I, t- I might go off track a little bit, but I do come back. And for me, the benefits, it's really, like say, for example, in terms of my physical health, like I haven't I was suffering from the flu virus recently, so my energy was down completely. And I remember even just yesterday, I was lying in bed and I was just like, oh, I can't even do anything. And all I did 
this is just one aspect, but I literally listened to an old school song from my country. Like I had a playlist of old school songs and I just started to rock. <laughs> like literally just moving. And from there I was standing and I was dancing. And then I was like, oh, I feel like I have an energy. <laughs> I have the energy now to just go about my day, but it's nighttime. But it was literally these things. How beneficial is that to good my physical and my mental health? Because I, if I was just lying there all day feeling sorry for myself and my energy, what can I do? Maybe I'll just sleep and let it pass. But self-care for me is about taking action, whether it's a little bit of something and doing that with compassion, or pushing ourselves. So for me, it has, um, it has greatly helped me physically. And it also, in terms of my relationships as well, because being present with people, like when I'm, whatever my routine that I do daily is, and um, that helps me to stay connected with people and I'm present. And um, I can also just be able to support the people that I do because I, you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm offering something that requires a lot of energy and all that. So I need to also provide that support to myself. And um, like I said, just being present with people and listening and whatever else. There's just so many, so many benefits to it that is daily. Like I just notice it constantly. I do something and the outcome is this. And that's why in my workshops, it's like, Let's do this thing. Let's do the self-care thing or this creativity. And let's talk about how you're feeling now. Does it make a difference there? Because you can see it constantly. And that's what is magical about, you know, self-care and creativity. And you get that immediate feedback, which is great. And you've, you've, you've touched on some, some things uh, in your response there in terms of what particular things can work for you sometimes. And I just wanted you to leave the rest of us with maybe your top couple of tips or or what your kind of number one go-to strategy is to unlock someone else's creativity uh, and that feeling what what can what can the rest of us do what are your top tips for what the rest of us can do in our daily lives to just jolt us out of that kind of tunnel vision look and particularly when we're low on energy and we're just feeling like we're reacting and want to, to get become present again. What are your top tips? Okay, my top tips in terms of self-care routine personally, I find movement does help. Uh, for me, whether it's walking, dancing, yoga, and I also like being in the water as well. Like no matter if you can swim or not, you know, just being in the water, I feel like it silence everything for me. And um, just in general, in terms of, you know, if you are at that point where you just need a bit of thing to get you going, I find that sometimes just listening to our intuition, you know, like what do we need right now? Because if my energy is really low and, uh, and part of me logically just want to rest, but then I was just lying there and the first thing that came to me, that whisper was, you know, you need to move. You need to listen to music that is nostalgic and it helps you move and it puts you in the happy place. And like I said, you know, my childhood was really joyful. It was playful. 
So music from that time actually got me there and it re-energized me. So I think just following our intuition, let's ask ourselves the question, what do we need right now to just help us, you know, help us through this thing, help us through this tiredness, help us through this overthinking, because I feel like anything physical can combat the thoughts, the emotions as well. You know, when we do physical activities, it does really help us. For some people, it might be writing as well. That is their thing. So we just listen to what is the answer that comes to us. It's really important. That's that's super helpful and a really great reminder that sometimes it's easy to kind of drown out our own voices with all these other external things that we can get overwhelmed by or overthink and actually just creating the space to even even listen to yourself and have that time to do that uh, is sometimes can be can feel a bit beyond beyond us um at certain points in time so that was super enlightening it was just so lovely it's so lovely just hearing your voice I could listen to your voice all day and as I said you do really exude this um element of um of calm and um just a real and be and just being a real presence that um I know will serve to succeed when whatever you do um how and to how can people best connect with you to learn more um I'll put all your links make all your links available um but uh, i just hope that we can have another conversation uh, in, you know, in some time in the future, just to seeing how how much this is progressing and whether we actually can can move to having people in a slightly less hy- hyper vigilant stressed state um, through through creativity. I've really really enjoyed. I really really enjoy following the work you do. So. Um, Thank you again and leave us with, um, yeah, how best to connect with you and I'll share those. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Nashi. I just want to say also you are such an amazing person and, um, you know, since we connected, I think it's just been really lovely. I think your presence and, uh, you know, what you offer with your warmth and grace is just, you know, it's just very magnetic. So I really appreciate that. And um, also, so for me, in terms of connecting with me on, um, I've got two websites. So I've got one for the film, video production, which is um, www.mahawacreative.com. So Mahawa is M-A-H-A-W-A and creative.com. And then my second website, which is where you can find um, the Rejuvenate well-being workshop and also inner essence so that's um www.hawanatu.com so hawanatu is h-a-w-a-n-a-t-u.com so you can find me there and also on um, social media as well mahawa creative on instagram and facebook amazing thank you we'll be following take care thank you dashi I hope you enjoyed this episode of Unbiased with me, Darshi Harindra. I derive so much energy and learn so much from speaking to such inspiring guests and amplifying diverse voices. If you feel the same way, please do subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you consume your content from and follow me and the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes as they drop. I'd also love to hear from you. 
what works for you, what you'd like to hear more of, you can connect with me via my website, darshiharindra.com. Until next time, stay open 